Welcome to uh, episode four of the BHP Town Hall podcast. Um, actually made it to four. This is usually where they die, so at least we're, we're doing okay so far. Um, me, and, uh, me and Ben, you already know who we are, um, I'm sure, from the last episodes. We're joined together by, uh, by, by two guests. So if you guys would like to take it in turns to introduce yourself and uh, tell us a little bit about yourselves, uh, and Zach can go first. Yeah, um, this is uh, Zach Kitzmiller. You've uh, heard from me before. Um, I'm a, the, the grumpy one in the group. Also, uh, current engineer at SeatGeek.com. And we're also joined by Jose, if you want to introduce yourself. Uh, hi, my name is Jose Gonzalez. I'm an engineer at SeatGeek.com as well, and uh, I'm a core developer at the CakePHP community framework. <laughs> Sorry, I, uh, I, I laughed there. It's because uh, he spilled beer on himself. It wasn't at you, Joe's. Yeah, I, oh, that's I, fine. I wouldn't laugh at CakePHP developers at all. Um, yeah, so today we're going to talk about uh, a couple of things. Um, one of them, one of them, I guess, sort of personal interest seemed relevant to talk about was my pissing in the wind blog, which kind of ruffled a few feathers. Now, the whole point of this was that, like, it a lot. Of, I think a lot of PHP developers kind of agree that the API is inconsistent, right? They're like SDRLen and then SDR underscore replace and all that sort of weird stuff. All these random BC mod, you know, random mathematical functions. Um, they're all, they've all historically just been named however the hell they wanted to be named by whoever was implementing them in the first place. And no one really cared enough to, to well, it wasn't they kept, didn't care enough, it was that because no rules were set in place, there were no rules to follow, so everyone just made whatever the fuck they felt like making. Um, so a few people have come up with a solution of just like using scalar types, and, and instead of switching from like a string is just a string, you switch to a string is an object that's called string. And then you you suddenly have like uh, you know all these methods coming off the string. Um, what do you guys think about that approach moving forwards for PHP six? Okay, oh. I'll go ahead and jump <laughs> in then. Go ahead. Um, I mean, I think it's a great idea. I think the uh, the, the sort of uh, roadmap, if you will, that Phil laid out in this uh, pissing in the electric fence post is uh, I think it's a pretty solid roadmap. I think it has good intention and a reasonable uh, path of implementation. Yeah, I mean, PHP is all about backwards compatibility, so this lays out a good plan for you know being at least one major version away before it breaks backwards compatibility. Right. I don't I think, think we'll get to that one major version away, though. This doesn't sound like it's a very productive use of anyone's time. Maybe getting that, like, this is all not going to error, in PHP 5 is great, but we're never going to get to that PHP 6. Oh, we have uh, Unicode support, for example. Well, okay, so the Unicode support to me was a separate thing, and I think this helps us move across to Unicode support really nicely, in that if um, if string suddenly becomes like a string object, um, so in imagine it in like a PHP class, imagine you're writing this in pure PHP, and you have um, various different objects, and you, you, know, you can namespace them, whatever the hell you feel like doing then a string would just become, when you instantiate a string, in the exact same way you do now, the exact same syntax, it creates a string object, uh, which has a whole bunch of methods. Um, and it can even implement a string interface, which has a list of all, the, all these different functions that need to be supported. So you support length, you support index of, you support replace, and all these different things. Then you can have some sort of UTF-8 string, which can be done with some sort of syntax. The syntax, I supposed, was um, a pe- uh, prepending with a, just an un- uh, a lowercase u at the front which is the same way that PHP already handles binary strings. You can put a B and then a string and a number, and that will be a binary string. It's the same way Python handles Unicode also. Right, so it's consistent with, with 
with other languages the way they handle it and it's consistent with itself. Um, and this u new UTF-8 class would implement the exact same uh, interface which normal strings support and therefore you have the exact same interface and you haven't had to actually recode any of the core methods. So in my blog I initially suggested that if you do strlen on a, um, on a, on a UTF-8 object then it should work it out. But that, of course, then has like all these magic things in the background that are like, oh, how do you handle this? How do you convert from one to the other? So fuck that. It should just throw an error and say, like, oh, I was expecting a string, and I got a UTF-8 string. I have no idea how to handle this. And then you just convert it to string, and it does some lazy conversion. Or you have another method that just says, um, uh, in, you know, transform encoding. I can't remember what a good method would be. But, like, convert to, and then pass UTF-8, or pass ASCII, or something like that. Right, and then none of the calls being recoded. And so, are you saying you you think they should support standard strings and UTF-8 like in tandem? Well, yeah, they'd be separate things. So the the class themselves would handle the code. So the core functions only handle strings, and um, and the strings uh, the, the core functions like you know str replace those are there um, as essentially aliases to the new methods. Right, so you can still use the old PHP five history of all these functions, how they've always worked, you could implement, you know, you could pass a string object to anything that a string uh, function would, would expect to work with. Um, but then if you try passing a UTF-8 string to that, it's going to break because it's, you know, that these old string functions are just aliases to the string methods, not the UTF-8 string methods, right? I mean, is that really much different than what we have now with the MB methods or functions? That's the thing, it's kind of the same. We just have loads of random procedural functions that are added in as an extension, whereas this would be rolling it into one clean, kind of, clean interface-driven system, which would be identical. Instead of, instead of some of the string functions being aliased, it would be make all of them. <laughs> what I'm, what I'm uh, actually most interested in at this point is, um, Jose, you said it was um, implementing something like making everything an object, like in... Ruby, everything's a first-class citizen. You you think that's a, a waste of time? And I'm interested. I think in it. Yeah, I think it's a pretty big waste of time, actually, just because of the way PHP as a language has evolved. We just aren't like a very like oop language. There's like we have SPL and all that stuff, but it's and it's great and all. And you can build an object-oriented like application, but it's just not there. I think people confuse the oop situation of this. I mean, this is like strings and integers and stuff being an object is very different from like building an OOP application. Them simply having a, a property or a method that you can call is, is no real different to uh, just you know, calling a function and passing it an object. Now, uh, a lot of people sort of talk about it and say, oh, this is you know, PHP becoming Java, and that's all about you know, built-in factory classes and built-in crazy, crazy OOP architectures, but just changing like, how string, string functions are handled isn't an architectural change. It's just like a. It's just in JavaScript. You know, you can you can have, um, you can have methods on your strings in JavaScript, but you can't build crazy classes. There is no real idea of a of a class or an object. It's all just oh, like. But it's the same in JavaScript as it is in Ruby. Everything is a first class citizen, right? Yeah. So, that's not the way things have been historically in PHP. And I actually came reading this blog post and jumped right in on your side, Phil. Actually, but. Uh, Actually, hearing Jose's argument, I'm starting to lean towards maybe this sort of is a waste of time. Um, 
the the people who are at the point in their career where they want PHP to implement this sort of thing, yeah, they're also most likely mature enough to understand how to use at least one other interpreted language. Absolutely. So maybe just let PHP be PHP and and move on to something that's more powerful if necessary. Right. This and is a- let. PHP be hacky PHP, PHP is a little thing. Right? Yeah. This is an argument I hear a lot, and actually one of the core developers from PHP kind of threw mm-hmm. that in there. And this is a, what the article goes on to, to talk about, is that a lot of people don't really care about changing it, because the thought of changing it is effort. Um, the, the reason that I continue to use PHP at the moment is, well, mainly, is for projects like Pyro CMS, where PHP is already installed on so many damn servers that it's just it's easy to use everywhere. So people counter that argument with saying, oh, but this is going to be a new version of PHP, which is going to take five, twelve, a hundred years to ever get onto any servers. But we've seen a, a trend recently where it's not like it was back in the five one to five two days or the or the four to five. PHP versions are getting rolled out much quicker and there's already a list there's fuck loads of hosts that support five four and some have even started supporting five five alpha one and that, well alpha four or whatever they're on now. So if can, PHP continues to improve and the gaps between the release dates get smaller and smaller and everyone's used to a more consistent rollout structure then in a couple of years, we can see PHP genuinely mature into something um, more consistent and less ridiculous. PHP doesn't need to win a race or be the coolest or, or whatever, because who gives a shit? No one's, it never has. Um, but if we can just like, if we can make one fell swoop and completely handle UTF-8 support, uh, string functions with consistent naming, and uh, you know, primitive types, that doesn't seem like a bad thing to do. And yeah, I could shut my face and go and use Python for everything, but at the same time, that doesn't really solve the problem of PHP having an inconsistent API. No, it certainly doesn't solve the, the problem of the consistent API. The consistent API thing is... Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it sucks. It's, it sucks, and it's like... That might be a lame thing for me to say, which is probably why it's hard to answer, but the, the thing is, is it, it, should it be right that people should learn PHP just while they're young and just while they're learning and just while they're doing whatever else and then they necessarily have to piss off to Python? Like, is Yeah, I don't agree. I mean, I think they should even go a step further. You know, why have strings and object strings go for all objects and let it be backwards compatible to, you know, auto-cast and look like a normal string? But, I mean, we <laughs> shouldn't stop the progress of the language just because some people want it to be simple. You know, we can make it simple and let it be you know, complex at the same time. You yeah, know, why no. add namespacing if we didn't want to progress the language? I'm not arguing that the language shouldn't progress in, in any matter. I'm, I'm wondering to what effect, uh, to what capacity you can progress the language while keeping backwards compatibility. And I don't, like, even in Phil's proposal here, which is very good, actually, with, you know, 5x, 6.0, 6.1, 6.2, and so on, like, before you have a real, like, actual object-oriented language where the standard library doesn't just return false on an error, and, like, you can actually call methods on scalar types, like, we're a long ways away. I mean, we're ten years out. And... Well, I mean, I don't think PHP will ever be that... I mean, maybe by accident, but it's, that's not the that useful? direction it's that going. useful? <laughs> it will never be that object-oriented. I mean, you have, the same, you have the same issue in other languages where they've 
progressed in recent years. You have Ruby, which went from 187 to 19, and now they're bordering on 2.0. And then you have the same thing in Python, where they came from 2.4 to now 3. Point whatever. Yeah, I mean, and the Python have not been rough. Okay, how many people so we're going to have the same issue in PHP. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what we need to, to bypass. I mean, Python did a, a big jump, and there's still people using 2.4 because of it. Yeah, the, I mean, kind of the Python situation is exactly my point, because everyone writing Python is writing for up to 2.7. Yeah. No one is using 3.3, even though 3.0 made huge leaps and bounds in the way that strings are handled, the way, like, you know, imports were handled and various other things, and even the, the incremental updates, 3.1, 3.2, 3.3, they all did really, really cool shit, but... Everyone is still using two seven, yeah, because yeah. that's what everyone knows. That's what makes sense. That's what everyone like sort of expects the minimum requirements to be. And I think that PHP is going to grow too fast, just like I, I, just like Python did. I mean, I mean the language, not yeah. the the people implementing the language. And I, I just can't get concerned about you know. I, I really love PHP. It's you know my baby, but. <laughs> It's an, ugly, um, it's an ugly little baby. It's going to outgrow. It's going to outgrow his shoes real quick, and then you're going to have to Java. Yeah, and then and then I'm going to be writing Java, and then Jose is going to be pissed because he has to <laughs> spin up some Esper server. Actually, I think this whole looking like Java. I'm I'm interested to know where you go. Like, is is that something we're all just saying? Because I hate that phrase, oops. by the way. Right. Because everyone's been saying this recently, and it kind of pisses me off. If 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 anything, um, with the last couple, with if if Getter and Setter was merged. And a couple of these annotation-based RFCs. Uh, let's not start on that conversation because fuck annotations. But <laughs> if, if those two got merged in, we would actually look quite a lot like C sharp. Um, and there's some like ASP code which is fairly similar as well. Like it's we're not we're not really progressing that close towards Java, apart from like uses. The Java name. argument showed up when the namespaces showed up with the okay. backslashes or whatever the, right. the syntaxes in Java. You know, Paro CMS, CMS, ORM, factory, yeah, yeah, yeah. class, well, library, Sym- beam. Symphony does have whatever classes that start off with problem. twenty twenty uses. Sure, but the, people are still saying that, and I think a lot of people just say, "Don't turn it into Java, bro," and they don't really know what. They're talking about um, because they're saying like even even people in this blog about where are saying let's just add add proper, uh, properties and methods to to like primitive types. Um, people are going oh that's turning it into Java. I'm like it, is it? Well, so <laughs> the two languages I learned in college were Java and PHP, right? Yeah. So Java is that really like base object oriented programming language that everyone learns and loves and then hates, and then PHP is the real the language stage. that you learn. You have two languages to compare them to. What, what's the other one? Java. For anyone who's any sort of advanced, they'll say, oh, this is somewhat like Python or this is somewhat like whatever, and yeah. we'll move on. I, I do have to say the, the current way that I've seen a lot of PHP code has been implemented in a similar way that you would see Java applications that are laid out in a certain way because that's what's required to have an applet run or whatever the fuck Java yeah. applications are called right now. Like you see a lot of people coming from Java because it's becoming less relevant into the lowest common denominator language, which is PHP, and they're starting to write PHP as if they were writing Java with 600 files, <laughs> 200 methods, 30 classes. Yeah. All auto-generated. And it's an API wrapper, right? And that you, that any of us could have implemented in fifteen lines with a single method, and, not even in a class. And about right? twelve of those classes are just empty exception files. 
Right. <laughs> like, I think but, that's the point that when people are saying that PHP is starting to look like Java, I think that's yeah. the point that they're starting to make is that it doesn't take 600 files, 20 classes, and 200 methods to, to implement API. Yeah. an API wrapper. Well, this is the thing. So when I look at a lot of these complicated structures, I look at something like, I'm trying to think of an example of a composer package that does this, but it's, let's just say lots of them, um, where you look at it and there's fuckloads of files, there's loads of random empty exception files, and there's all these, sorry, uh, there's all these other random things. And, um, Packages? Well, yeah, but like a lot of things on packages and, and no, no I mean, I mean like the, the composer, uh, installer. So if you run that installer and you in, like open up the far file, you'll see that it includes uh symphony command line and all this random crap that it really doesn't need. Okay. Well, I, I haven't looked at that code so much, but I see a lot of packages. Um, yeah, Zach's just grabbed up uh, Stripe here, which is a fairly good example. There's, there's lots of classes here, but so at least there, there's at least 40. Right. And, so yeah, that, that that's a lot of classes. But you also have this more than Java reminds me of looking at Ruby. Like you, you look at a lot of gems, and I'm clicking around trying to find stuff as empty classes that just help with the namespacing and the and the way that it all works. And it, it again, it's similar to Kohana, I guess, where they used to have loads of empty uh, classes just to extend stuff. I think people are very far too quick to go, oh, it's Java, it's Java. When Ruby and to be fair, probably some Python code looks quite similar. Of people just overusing the fuck out of this naming structure and, and too many classes just for something that's quite simple. Well, I don't think it matters what the fuck language you're comparing it to. Like, a terse language is terse, right? Whether it be Python, Ruby, or Java, or C Sharp, or Erlang, or Haskell, or whatever the fuck. Right. Like, if a language is terse, it's terse. And PHP was, at one point, a language where you could write an entire web application in index.php, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. you could... Yeah. where this was never a possibility in any of the languages I just mes- mentioned because right. you had to lay out your application in a certain structure. And I think that the people saying PHP is becoming Java or whatever it is, is sort of just it's, it's metaphorical that people are taking something that was intended to be a relatively simple way to hack something together, right. and now it's becoming enterprise for lack of a better term. Right. Yeah. Uh, Which, I mean, I get that, but it kind of goes back to... Um, Anthony Ferreira's post on the mailing list, you know, PHP does need a vision. So if PHP wants to be that language, the quick and dirty, hack it up in one file language, that's fine. But we need to know that so we don't waste our time. We, you know, if it's not going to become any more, we could go ahead and move to Ruby. I don't think any of us are sitting around hoping that PHP fixes itself in the next version before, before I am. else. Are you? Well, I, I generally don't care. Like at, at Capture, we've um, we use Python for some stuff just because it's as Chris Hart just calls it the cra- crazy magic glue, right? It's the PHP runs the API. It says, "Oh, database, I want some data." Right? There's some JSON. Yay! That's the end of it. So the language really doesn't really matter that much in that position. Um, then when we have some worker processes, they're usually using Python because it's you know it's pale library is quite nice, and we have a little bit of Ruby code doing this, that, and the other. So I, I'm perfectly happy to use whatever the hell language makes most sense at the time. Um, but at the same time, that doesn't mean that PHP cannot improve itself and grow over time to become something useful in the future that I can use instead of having to switch to something else. Agreed. Yeah. Joe, you were saying something? Or Jose, rather, sorry. Cracking a joke. Try it again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I use PHP for pretty much any side project that I'm going to build. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just the most comfortable with this language. I know that most of the things that I want to build are web oriented, so Python doesn't really help in that uh, I usually have to build out some infrastructure or find some host that does it. 
though I, I do like building console applications in Python. And then in Ruby, it's sort of the same thing where I have to uh, pick a server and then choose whether or not Ruby will build on my box. Whereas with PHP, I can just go pretty much any box, my, my laptop, a server, anywhere, and build an application. So I do actually care that PHP does improve. I just don't think that it'll improve in the uh, ways that you want it to. Right. Yeah, and Ben, you know, I in direct response to what you just said, I don't think that, in fact, I know for sure that you should not sit around and wait for PHP to get better. I'm not saying we're sitting around. I mean, you know, I write plenty of Node and Ruby myself, but it's... Right, certainly. You know, should we... I don't know, you know, so, like, I might bring on a, a junior dev in my company. You know, is it worth our time to try to teach him in PHP if it's going to become less and less relevant? Because the industry is not going to stay still. So PHP has to grow some if it wants to stay relevant at all. Well, you know, I mean, that's, you know, hiring people is a whole different thing for a whole other episode. But, you, you know, I mean, if you got a guy that can program really well in PHP. He can also program really well in Python and Ruby and Node. He just doesn't know how yet. And it's somewhat of a moot point, but I, I do understand, you know, you need someone that's comfortable with your code base and dive in and work on it. Yeah, I guess uh, I'm just more referencing investment. You know, um, yeah. we all care about PHP. We're all extremely invested that's in PHP. True. I know all four of us for sure do care about this language. I just personally don't want to get my hopes up, and I actually don't want it to get to be too good of a language. Yeah. What do you mean? Like, I, like <laughs> What? <laughs> like, I, I mean, we all know PHP. We all are actually, the four of us are probably the some of the best 10 PHP developers I know. That's you were trying that, to reward that to not sound like an ass and you failed, sir. It's okay. He said that he knows. He I was just trying to include. I know ten better PHP developers than all of you. Yeah, aren't on this thing. And I'd say developers. I've, I'd say I've met twenty though. Okay, the, the cake PHP developers are are, are not included. <laughs> what? <laughs> Jose knows uh, at least a hundred people that are better than him though. Just... Yeah. Anyway, we like, all know a hundred people better than Zach. I mean, come on. Well, this bottle of beer that's half empty is better at writing code than I am. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Um. And now I've lost train of thought. I was saying, saying you want PHP to stay sucking. You don't want to. No, that's not what good. I said. That's not what I said. It's um. That's what you said. No, I said I said I didn't want. Uh, there. They didn't it, want it to be too good. Yeah, I mean, if PHP becomes something that it's so. Uh, I think I'm getting what you're saying, Zach. So you kind of want it to remain the quick and dirty tool. Type something in Laravel or Codeigniter or Symfony or whatever PHP framework we're working on at the time. And I need to be able to prototype something in three hours or less. Yeah. Right? And I don't need to worry about setting up Green Unicorn or, like, getting, like, all kinds of shit running just so that I can spend 45 minutes prototyping something because I think I might have an idea. And if it gets to the point where it's, like, Python or Ruby which are not, you know, hard languages to prototype, but you do need to, like, if you're prototyping something in, like, Sinatra, for example, you really do have to have a Heroku account set up. Like, you can't just throw that shit on your bare-bones Rackspace Ubuntu server, 
Like, there's a little bit of ops component involved. Mm. And there's, like, yeah, I think, the like, other languages just have more of a slightly barrier to entry as far as, like, ops goes and other things. And I can take 45 minutes, write some prototype code, clone a whatever framework I like, get that shit up and running, throw my SQL on it, and I've got some sort of an idea on where I might be able to take a project in the next week, two weeks, or just know this time to give up. Mm. And if I start having to know that every single, you know, primitive type is now a scalar type and I can call object methods on it and there's, it's just like fucking let me just do my PHP shit, let it be dirty, let it be gross, and just let's see what happens. That's kind of suggesting that it should stay the same forever. But no, with, I don't think it is. With that change, like this, this is one change of potentially many, and it is. It will be one, you know, fell swoop to solve a lot of, you know, problems or whatever. But it's it's going to be a case of if you're using PHP six, then you can still do whatever the hell you were doing before. If you if you start using uh, PHP six point one, you can still continue to do whatever the hell you were doing before. But it's going to start throwing deprecated errors. If you're trying to make a prototype, you can say, "Shut the fuck up with these deprecated errors." I I want to get on with doing it my old nasty way. Then you'll go to PHP six point three and it's broke. Well, fuck you! Stop using you know stop using right right. <laughs> no, I understand that? that. It's it's just PHP is a great way for junior inexperienced devs to get going. Yeah. And if PHP becomes, you know, three, four years from now to the point where, you know, everything's a first class whatever things are harder to make work, yeah. then I feel like it might be slightly more difficult. Like if I didn't have PHP when I was 16, 17 years old, mm. I probably would have missed the whole programming boat. Right. Because I had something that just sort of worked, even though I was writing like real shit code, it let me do it. Yeah. It's, it's this one specific thing would make it very similar to JavaScript. And I know JavaScript, you might argue, would be a lot more complicated to, to learn if you're not using something like jQuery. People aren't struggling that much with JavaScript, right? Right. More and more of the world's starting to become JavaScript. And what's the rule with it? If it can potentially be written in JavaScript, one day it'll be written in JavaScript. And everyone loves that thing. And this is just one change that would make it more similar to that. It, I'm not talking about this seem... change specifically because, like, right. scale, like, it was just an example. Gotcha. But I'm just saying, if I didn't have a language that would still work when I fucked up when I was 16 years old, I would have given up. Yeah. No, yeah and I'm sure that when we're 40 and all the kids now or whatever, like, they're going to have some language that lets them fuck up a little bit. Yeah. I get what you're saying. I mean, and really, the language doesn't, it doesn't have to evolve, but it's really, you know, what do the people that are creating it, modifying it, want from it? You know, C is still a, a great language, but, uh, you know, I wouldn't use it to make a website. I guess what you just said there, like, what are the people that are, are making it want from it? And this is something else that I kind of touched on in that post, is that... Um, and again, what Anthony Ferris was talking about, about not having a vision. There are certain people that, that use PHP in certain ways, and there are certain people that use it in completely different ways. So, um, you know, uh, Rasmus Lodoff himself is a big proponent of, like, make make uh, procedural files for everything. Like, he, he famously said his favorite framework was Coding Writer because it was, there were less files, so it was easier to delete. And I didn't stop Ellis Lab using that as a quote. They just only took the first part <laughs> instead of the second part. Um, and... and Right there, like if you if you talk to like any PHP developer that you bump into at a conference, or like the vast majority of them, hey, for every developer I talk to uses a framework, um, and then the leader of the language doesn't like frameworks. So we have this this massive uh, disconnect of like what the the one and the one and only original architect likes, and a lot of the the core developers prefer themselves um, compared to what people who are using the language on a day to day basis 
actually like and, and would, would like to see from the language, which is where we have this disconnect between um, these OOP features that a lot of people would like to see uh, and these other people going like, ah, Java, fuck, uh, and, and freaking out about it. I think if, if the core team are like, completely in like, four different directions about what they actually want from the language, then how the hell can it ever make sense? That makes sense to me. I don't know. I like PHP to grow a little bit. It doesn't have to change that much. If it changes what this, at the same pace that it has changed in the past three years, that means we'll be at like PHP 7. We'll have uh, generators and uh, annotations in some way, shape, or form, and I will never use them. Just like up until this year, I had not used namespaces. I just n- didn't need to. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think I mean, that, that will continue to be the same, where in three or four years, if we're on PHP 7, You'll still be able to slap together a page, and you'll still be able to write shitty code just like in any other language, except you'll be able to make a web page, and it'll have advanced features now. I like that a lot. That's think, like quarter of the week, I think, Jose. <laughs> um, I, I, think, I think development over the last three or four years has actually been great, and, and keeping that pace would be good. Um, it's, it's mainly the stuff... Like, I'm going to stop banging on about this primitive type change, but like, while it seems like a, like a fundamental change to the language and would re- require like recoding done to the core functions, I, I don't think it's a fundamental shift in how stuff's done. It's just moving the variable. Instead of it being the first argument, it's the you know, object of the stuff. So we can move past that one and, and talk about like other changes that were going to happen. Um, that's not so much a fundamental change, but things like get a setter would have been quite a big change. Um, now this, you know, you probably realize got blammed and, and kicked back out, and stuff like that. I think is is like such a useful thing to have in the language. I mean, uh, I think it was Anthony Ferrer that looked through somebody did a benchmark on like how many lines of code it would remove from Symphony, and it was like a third of it or something. It was like just the getters and setters. So so much code, such a hassle, such a ball ache. And pretty much every developer that I spoke to about it was like, "Fuck yeah." And then it just gets blammed out completely. And the re- I was looking for reasoning for this, and I spoke to a couple of the core developers that, that, that voted. Um, some of them were saying, I didn't like the syntax, uh, which is fair enough, but there haven't been any other propositions that I've seen, apart from one that was based on annotations. Um, other excuses were, but Rasmus said it was bad. Someone actually said that. They said Rasmus didn't like it, so I voted no, um, which isn't how votes work. Um, Somebody else said, oh, but it would require... Said, that's how votes work. <laughs> really? Tom, <laughs> like we don't all have kings and queens in our countries. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. That, that is how voting works in America, uh, where uh, Mitt Romney... <laughs> Shut up, Zach. <laughs> Breathe, Zach. Uh, yeah, that's pretty right. much the same system right. as where, was when Mitt Romney right. sends out emails to a, ho- a whole bunch of people that uh, run large corporations and says... You might want to suggest to your employees that they vote for me or, or suddenly there's going to be a lot more tax coming in your direction. Bullshit like that. That almost worked. It, it nearly worked. It didn't work very well, sadly. But it's working pretty well on PHP. Um, I'm not suggesting Rasmus is telling people how to vote, but people are blindly following him, whatever he says, and that's just, just as bad. Um, then we have other people that, that said, oh, but it will require a lot of change to, to the APC class. I'm like, okay, then change the APC class and the problem there is that basically the only person that knows how to run the APC class this comes from someone that actually felt this way one of the core developers told me the only person that knows how to, to really do anything useful with the APC class is Rasmus 
So we have a change that's been proposed, that's supported by a lot of people that like the look of it, that's supported by the vast majority of developers I've spoken to. I've not actually met someone that doesn't like the idea of it, apart from, I think Zach's indifferent, but I haven't talked to anyone that's against it. No, I actually really like the idea of it. Okay. I liked it. And then, so we have all these people that are for it completely, and there's a lot of plus folks going around the community. But then we have um, Rasmus saying, nah, I don't really like it. That would be a lot of work for, for the APC to be recoded. And then we have a whole bunch of people going, nah, Rasmus said no. And then even though we had more people saying voting yes than no on the language, it gets kicked out. That whole thing to me felt ridiculous. What do you guys feel about that? I agree. It's, a, but it's I mean, his I language, was... I mean. Let him do what he wants. Well, not exactly. I mean, he's not the BDFL. PHP's never been designed that way. He could be. It could be, but it's not. <laughs> you guys think it's time for, a, for, for someone with uh, some... You think it's time for a fork? No, forks never work. There's been like works. Someone like, tried that actually uh, no. last year. They renamed all of the methods to be proper, I guess, and then moved needle and haystack, and they got a bunch of like upvotes and shit on Hacker News, and then shortly died. I mean, not like a like all of us dickheads fork it, but like some people that know what the fuck they're doing fork it. Well, they, they've done that. Well, I guess there's been a lot of kids that have randomly done it in the past, but I don't. I don't think there's any point. Like at that point, it would be much easier to use just Python or Ruby because how 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 much trouble have we had in the past going from one minor version of PHP to another minor version of PHP with our right, 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 right. so going from like PHP to like foo PHP or like you know some other random name. Like um, something came out recently. I think Tonka. I can't remember what it's called. Like someone's just rewritten Ruby with like a Python underbelly. Like. You just kind of want to pat that guy on the back. Like, I'm sure it's amazing, but no one's ever really going to do anything with it. What's the point? I don't know. I, I'm just against forks of it, I think. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I am yeah I'm, as, a, as a whole, I just think that, to, you know, get a little, get a little revolt going. <laughs> okay, well, I think we've rambled enough about people. Yeah, 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 anyone else have anything to throw in? All right. Most of me just complaining. Um, one thing I want to ask you guys um, would be, so at work, um, I'm lead engineer of a, of a startup called Capture. Um, I work with Dan Horrigan, which is cool. Um, and we do a lot of PHP and a bunch of other stuff. We have loads of different servers. We have we have API servers, like admin interfaces. We have all sorts of random stuff going on, like front-end servers, queues, RabbitMQ going off, and Redis and all this shit. So deployments become quite a hassle. Um, what we originally started doing was um, uh, was we would... Well, I, when I was the only developer there, I would be handling all of the, the DevOps with Chef, and I'd be handling all of, the, um, all of the, the code being deployed as well. So what I found really useful was when I was, um, when I was developing stuff, I could write code that would, at the same time, require new software to be installed. So I could just fire this one command, provision everything with Chef, deploy with Chef as well. So it would say, right, here's the latest version of your software. Uh, here's the latest version of all the requirements that you need. Here's the latest version of Reddit or upgrade PHP or install whatever the fuck. Uh, and then here's the latest version of your code as well, which is really cool. So you do everything in one one quick shot. The downside to that is that it's quite slow. So you always need two servers, one that's going to get provisioned and one that's actually being used, or two or more. Um, so I'm starting to look into other ways of deploying stuff. Uh, I've already got Jenkins running to do unit tests and everything else. So I was looking at potentially integrating uh, Jenkins with something like Capistrano, uh, to to handle deployments, and I was just curious uh, what you guys do at SeatGeek. Uh, so I guess I'm probably better suited to answer this question, unless I want to answer. That's tough. 
All right, cool. Uh, so at SeatGeek, we actually use Capistrano pretty heavily. Um, we use Chef to deploy servers and Capistrano to deploy the application, or applications, rather. Um, so typically, the Chef run will set up any directories or any infrastructure that an application will need. And then when we have, when we have an update with the application that requires some ops, we normally just have to update some package, maybe install something, and you can just do that by downloading a cookbook and off to the races you go. Um, as far as like having that sort of automated, it's kind of weird to do so with Capistrano, especially given that Capistrano um, doesn't work programmatically. And I recently actually built a gem called Hell, uh, which exposes an API around Capistrano. If you've been reading any of the GitHub blog posts, they actually mentioned this gem called Heaven that they never open sourced. And it's basically a JSON API around Capistrano. And the idea was that I would build an XML API around Capistrano. Um, <laughs> Which did you did. Did you pick XML just to be a dick? Yeah. No, uh, it's, it's actually JSON. It's actually JSON. <laughs> good man, good man. That sounds really useful, actually. So it sounds like I'm not, I'm not chasing the wrong tree. I'm, I'm kind of heading in the right direction, so... I will uh, I'll check, out, check that out. We'll make sure there's a link in the show notes to that. Um, seeing as I guess we basically agree on the approach, <laughs> um, the, the next thing I want to talk about, obviously having a core contributor for, for KKPHP on the podcast means that we should talk about that. Um, I read something a while ago. I'm, I'm not very hot on KKPHP news. I don't follow it personally because um, I've never used it. But um, I've read something that you were using PHP 5.4. Uh, for, for the next version, and, and you're just kind of skipping PHP 5.3, which is brilliant, uh, and going into 5.4, and you're also on the PHP FIG, so I'm assuming there's a lot more camel case and a lot more PSR1 or PSR2 going on. Uh, could you tell yeah, us a bit so about that? Yeah, so I guess we we made an executive decision to support PHP 5.2 with uh, the current 2.x branch, and that was mostly because we still had a very large PHP 5.2 uh, user base, and we've slowly been edging them towards 5.3, so with every like minor release, we added um, 5.27, 5.28, whatever. So I don't know what the current minor version is that we require, but yeah. um, or patch level. Um, and then PHP or Cake PHP two was basically bringing all of the niceties of PHP five three, so like namespaces, for example, and, and sort of like providing a um, migration path. So we wrap namespaces with this class called app uses, and it works pretty much the same way. And then going forward with uh, PHP 3, we've jumped PHP 5.3 completely just because a lot of hosts have moved from 5.2 directly to 5.4. Um, and we're supporting that wholeheartedly. We've already made the changes to follow the PSRs and are welcoming any like sort of not core competency uh, utilities in the community. Uh, did you have any trouble with the community sort of going, ah, fuck you and your your uh, camel case methods? Because I mean, I know Laravel was having trouble going from from uh, you know old Kohana style underscores for everything, or a lot of Omen and all that shit. They're going from from Omen and underscores and snake case and uh, and that to to PSR two ish. It's pretty much two PSR one definitely. Um, are, you, are you getting much blowback from the community about that, or are they pretty hot on it and understand the benefits? We had a big uh, migration issue around just changing the folder names and file names. Uh, we sort of went around that by uh, writing a migration tool that would just automatically rename your stuff, and then you wouldn't have to go down and like rename every single file and folder. Oh, nice. 
Is that uh, safe, which, Jose? Huh? Is that a pretty what? safe tool? Uh, so it won't go the entire way. I definitely would recommend it after having version control of your application, which a lot of people tend not to do until they run something like this and then it breaks their app. But uh, right. I've, it's, it's not been too bad. If you had a, <laughs> Is it like that um, random Mac OS X uh, utility where if you accidentally put a space in there, it will just like reformat your entire route? Yeah. I mean, you'll, you'll have issues where if you're on a case-insensitive file system, it still won't be named correctly. Okay. But, um, so like that was, there was a big issue around that one went to the 2.0 release. And I guess a lot of the um, PSR stuff that's like camel casing and that sort of thing, we've already sort of done, um, at least in the core. So people didn't really, won't really notice. The big thing is that um, we're just moving more heavily into that for application-level stuff. Cool. Um, and the, the next question is, when are you going to make CakePHP good? Oh, it's already good. It's better in your language, or your framework, rather. Hey, I don't have any frameworks. I quit them all. <laughs> From I mean, I guess we, we take a different approach to building a framework, and that the CakePHP yeah. framework's more of a all-in-one comprehensive tool. We have very... Um, not, stri- not strict standards, but we have a very good idea as to what your application should look like from a base, and then we allow you to ex- ex- uh, extend that as you want or as you need to. Um, a lot of other frameworks tend to just put pull things together from outside applications or outside developers and say, hey, here's a framework, whereas we want to have a nice tight integration between all of our uh, libraries. That's not to say that you can't replace anything in the framework, and you can already do that pretty easily. Um, we're just going to make that a little bit easier in 3.0. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the, right, to stop being a dick, that's like the benefit of convention-based systems, right, where with, um, with things like, you know, CodeNiter or, or Laravel or any of those similar type of frameworks, it's here's a whole bunch of stuff, crack on, buddy. Um, do, you know, do whatever you like, and you have to do a lot more work yourself, uh, which is good if you want the flexibility, um, but if you're looking for, like, the, the pure speed of prototyping, then as long as you know the way in which you should be building applications, then you can build them much quicker, which is why Rails has become so popular, because no one has any ideas about how they should be building their applications apart from in Rails, because there aren't really any other frameworks. They just go, ah, I'm using Ruby, I'll use the framework then, and, and just build their app in the way they should. But definitely see the benefits of that. Um, what, what sort of cool new stuff are you working on for 3? Is there any new crazy features that you want to tell us about? Uh, this one you guys might actually laugh at. Um, so we finally started building, uh, rebuilding our uh, DRM, uh, data relation, or I, I guess it would be ARM. I, I know how you have an object uh, relational mapping or whatever, ORM. And we use, instead of objects, we use arrays. So in uh, the 3.0, we're finally going to move to objects in the core, and uh, one of the changes that comes with that is that we're going to build um, a dialect system. Essentially, what we do is we support a lot of uh, very popular databases, MySQL, Postgres, uh, SQLite, and we understand that a lot of those uh, databases have something very specific to each one of them. So, for example, in MySQL, you might uh, specify full text search in one, one way versus in Postgres another way. And Postgres has support for array and JSON data types. So with the 3.0 ORM, from what I can understand, uh, we're building a SQL dialect system, or rather a dialect system in which you can define uh, column types, not unlike uh, what you do in Doctrine, 
And then you can just say, for example, Postgres, I'm going to add HStore support or JSON support directly mm-hmm. to the data source and then not have to worry about it anywhere else. And so it should be a lot easier to build out new um, data sources for various databases rather than gotcha. having to sort of like jam it into something that exists. <laughs> yeah, that, that's... Um... That's the way Kevmax uh, tried implementing PDO drivers, and they were basically added in the PDO driver. But the uh, the, the the DB Forge stuff, uh, the, the the it just wasn't ready. Like it, it couldn't handle the differences. Where like it, but uh, your core classes have like MySQL t- style code referenced in them. Um, and then if it was Postgres, it would try doing something slightly differently. But if it was SQL uh, uh, SQLite, sorry, and you wanted to do full text search, then you were fucked. And that's why I ended up switching Pirate CMS across from Kubernetes to use the Laravel database because just like you've started to do, you've actually implemented a dialect system or as they call it, a grammar. You know, same thing. So you have schema yeah. grammar and you have a query, a database query grammar and it will recognize it will just say, I need to, you know, this is going to be a full text field and then that calls a few methods and it goes off and says, oh shit, in SQLite, if you want to have a full text thing, you need to modify the actual table object and, and you know, make it a virtual table instead so yeah adding in these extra layers makes it a lot more intelligent than having one single file that tries saying create table if postgres add this how many people do and it just sucks i mean we already have that with our orm um we're very strict on what we support from a database so for example we don't in the core have support for full text search we don't have support for uh sql vacuuming we don't have support or sqlite vacuuming uh, we don't have support for HStore or whatever. Um, Do you have enum support? Huh? Do you have enum support? No. Okay. Um, so we take a very, um, very distinct approach to how you should treat your database. It should work on all databases. And mm-hmm. if you want something that's very specific to a database, you can either extend the core data sources and add that support, or you can write a behavior that will sort of like jam it in. Um, or you could just write raw SQL queries. We don't really care. But yeah, from, I mean, like, it's currently, if you write something using the KPHP or RM, it'll hopefully work in every single database, or at least it should. <laughs> That's the theory. <laughs> and I think, looking at the time, we are about good. We're done here. Uh, so episode four is a success. Uh, I agree. We only argued a little bit, and I only insulted some people. I'm getting better over time. And uh, tune in next month for another episode of PHP Town Hall. Do they prefer to be called little people? Is that is that what we're going for? That's I love what we prefer. <laughs>